Well, good morning as we gather on this Friday in the 17th week of Ordinary Time. We've continued in our studies of Matthew this week. Today we encounter this familiar scene where he's returned to his hometown of Nazareth. And yet, because he is familiar, he's the ordinary. He's this boy who's grown up in the town. Many townspeople saw him, I'm sure, throughout his lifetime, helping in the early years of his life, his father Joseph, his adopted father Joseph, as they hewed various timbers or built tables or made a chair. Perhaps some of those questioned today are captured in the gospel had one of those tables or chairs in their house. And so they're thinking, well, how can this be the son of God? I, first of all, that chair is kind of wobbly and not that well made. I, how is this God? How is this God? And perhaps the message we're trying to receive is that the, the ordinary can contain the extraordinary. The ordinary can contain the extraordinary. We have in our reading from Leviticus this description of the various festivals and ways of drawing a distinction between God the Creator and we His created, God the Creator and we the created. And so the Levitical rite calls for this, these various disciplines of how to give homage to a Creator God and acknowledge Him. These people called by name out of captivity, led through the desert, now delivered into the promised land. And they're given the instruction from Moses, God to Moses, Moses to the people, that says, this is what you shall do. And the, the exercise of the, of the rite is to draw that distinction and offer worship to God. Just as we gather here for the holy sacrifice of the Mass due in our expression of the Catholic faith, the, the Mass is certainly for our benefit, that's why we do it, but it is to God the Father. This is an act of worship to God the Father. That's why this sanctuary space has to be different from the rest of society, why we treat entry into this facility, into this, this area is different from other areas in our life, different from the inside of our homes per se, although the home is a domestic church, different from a bus station, it's different from a, fest, uh, a festival center. It, it's not like that. This is a sanctuary space because God is here, not in theophany, not in a symbolic way. God is here really truly present in the word spoken and most especially in the, in the Eucharist through the sacrifice of the Mass. So Jesus now returns to his hometown, and those who had seen him grow up are challenged with the idea that this is the Son of God because he's familiar. He, he eats, he walks, he talks, he gets splinters in his thumb when planing that board. He seems to be very normal and familiar in all ways, except he is, in fact, that Son of God. The saint we celebrate today, John, uh, Peter Koslogos, his life is actually a bit of a mystery. His, we knew he was the Bishop of Ravenna. He's the doctor of the church. He's actually called the doctor of short homilies. So many of us, the deacon and I and others in ministry, we look to him sometimes for inspiration and in how to say beautiful things in a very succinct way. So I have a lot of studying to do, it would seem. But, but good Dr. Peter, St. Peter Chryslogos, uh, known as the Golden Tongue, wasn't necessarily the master of origination. What he would do is take a pericope or an excerpt from scripture and then re replay it in a way that was so beautifully defined, so beautifully articulated. But his, his life is relatively unknown. We know he died around the year 450, so he's a fifth century saint. But what we do know is what he wrote or what he said, and that is extant, it does exist, and it is, it is beautiful and it is 
it is brief, but he takes the he takes the familiar language and he introduces us to something very supernatural, very, very beautiful. For example, here, here's a, a, just a couple of quotes as we recognize his day today. Now that we are reborn, as I have said, in the likeness of our Lord and have indeed been adopted by God as his children, let us try to put on the complete image of our creator so as to be holy like him, not in the glory that he alone possesses, but in innocence, simplicity, gentleness, patience, humility, mercy, harmony, those qualities in which he chose to become and to be one with us. That seems fairly familiar language, but he's asking us then to unite ourselves with those qualities that God himself, the sacred one, God the Father, God his Son, would then deem to, to become familiar, to become normal, to become, to become human, that which is perfect, to become imperfect. Here's something for consideration today. I, I think this is a good reminder today. Today, offer, uh, following Mass, we offer adoration. We also offer the sacrament of confession. But think about these words, both in adoration and if you wish to take advantage of confession. Beautiful words from Peter Chryslogos. Oh man, why do you think so little of yourself when God thinks so highly of you? Why dishonor yourself when God so honors you? Why be so concerned with the stuff for which you are made and so little with the purpose for which you are made? All visible creation is your home. For you, the light dispels the darkness. For you, the sun, moon, and stars shed their light. For you, the earth bears flowers and trees and fruits. For you, the air and the earth and water are filled with marvelous life. All so that earthly life may not be sad and make you blind to the joy of eternity. And then lastly, or in closing, in, right now in our church, this is not new, this is, this is familiar in our church to have questions and controversy and differences of opinion. That's the norm of Catholicism as we exercise our faith. I think he would speak this well to those throughout our church in the hierarchy and the laity, all of us who have questions about some of the ongoing narrative in the last couple of weeks at the pontifical level among bishops regarding how we exercise our faith. He has this to say. In the interest of peace and faith, we cannot judge matters in faith without the consent of the Roman bishop. If the peace of the church causes joy in heaven, then divisions must surely give birth to grief. That's him speaking to all of us. If peace gives joy in heaven, then division must give grief. Let's keep Peter Perslogos in our minds this day as we exercise our sacrificial and sacramental rites in the beautiful expression of our Catholic faith. St. Peter Perslogos, pray for us.